Welcome to the Pitch to Scale podcast, where we share the secrets from Australia's first and only angel group that specifically invests in female-led startups. In this series, we profile our scale angels and the amazing female founders we meet. Join me, your host, Samar Michaela, to explore this inspiring and thrilling investment class that offers the opportunity to shape the tomorrow we believe in. Tracy Clark knows firsthand what it's like to be a female founder, having successfully started and exited her own financial advisory firm. Tracy now spends her time investing in startups, advising them in areas of her domain expertise, and is an active member in the ecosystem. Her views on angel investing are insightful and provides solid thesis for those keen to learn more and to participate. Tracy is also a huge contributor in her local community on the boards of both Perth Angels, Cancer Council WA and a volunteer on the CSRO on Accelerated Program. Welcome Tracy. Thanks so much for joining us for the Pitch to Scale podcast. You are one of our Scale Angels. So let's go all the way back and um, just tell us about your background and how you got to scale. <laughs> sure. Thanks, Ma. Well, I started my career as an accountant um, and then moved into private banking at Macquarie Bank, um, then went and started my own financial services business, which um, I sold two years ago. Um, but aside from that, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, but aside from that, um, I've been investing since I was 18. Um, I've got my first investment property when I was, um, you know, still at uni and I started investing in shares. And so I've always loved investing. And um, what sparked that? Like, oh, yeah, so it's not, it's not, the, it's not front of mind for a lot of 18 no, year olds. It's, it's true. Um, actually, I've traced it back to my, my auntie who lived on a farm in, in New Zealand, but she, she would, um, she had a good share portfolio and would always, um, you know, show me what she was up to. And I think that really sort of captured my interest. And then um, when we came back to Australia, um, a good family friend was a financial advisor. And so I would be always picking his brains about the best way to get ahead. And I don't know, I've always just had that in my head. So, but I think my auntie was um, probably my, yeah, initial impetus into it. Yeah. So it's great. It's so interesting how family, like, you know, you always go back and it's such a thing that I think when it comes to development and personal development, understanding mm. where you came from and yeah. and your roots and why you make decisions, it's um, really important to understand who those key kind of people have Absolutely. been. Absolutely, yeah. I guess you've mm. already answered then why why are you an angel investor? Mm. Um, but is it is there anything more that you'd like to add to that? Yeah, just that I really love the startup phase of a business. So I, I sort of I, and I love just getting new ideas and technology up and and moving and. Mm. You know, personally, I get a bit bored once. If I've built a business to a certain point and I can sort of project the future, I'm kind of, right, now it's time to move on. So I just really love that that early stage. And since I don't have any great ideas of my own at the <laughs> moment, it's um, just good to invest in other people. So I've always yeah. got, you know, fresh things to look at. So, oh, yeah, yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's a good great fun. way of great way yeah. of looking at it. Why scale? Like I know you're, you're actually part of Perth Angels as well. Yes, so correct. So we're, you know, representing West Coast today. Yeah. Why scale as well? Yeah, scale came to my attention. I think I read an article in the Financial Review. And at that stage, I was doing all my due diligence and investing just on my own. And I just thought it would be a, a wonderful group to get involved with, with people that are similar to me, um, supporting female invest, um, female founders, 
um, great group of people. And you can also leverage off the skills of other of other people in the group, which, um, yeah, I've really benefited from. So, yeah, I was just really attracted to Scala. I didn't find Perth Angels till a couple of years later. So, and they're great as well. So, How much is it about investment return and how much is it about investing in women? Yeah, so every decision I make is really around making a return. Otherwise, you just end up with a portfolio of donations, you know. (laughs) But I also think it's inefficient to put money into ideas that, you know, you don't actually think are going to work. So so really, number one, it is always an investment decision. But um, having said that, if I can make a decision to invest in something and support a female founder, then that's, you know, really an added bonus. Um, I would admit, I think in my portfolio, I've really got quite an even split. So it's about 50-50. Female, female, and male, male yeah. founders. Yeah. What deals have you invested in and why? Yeah. So I currently have a 12 in my portfolio. Do you think it's a numbers game? I think it pays to be diversified. Yeah. You know, I mean, you invest in every one of them, assuming that they're going to do well. But, you know, <laughs> there's so much that 100% can go wrong. Hundred percent they You know, yeah. Um, and, you, and you just know that, you know, quite a few of them are not really going to um, go anywhere um, and that only a few of them are really going to be successful. So um, it really is, you know, I think diversification, um, you know, is, is and do, a really good idea. what kind of time idea. horizon do you take? Yeah, so... Gee, I'm still invested in one from 15 years ago and, and quite happy to still be in that. Um, but, um, yeah, look, it's... Um, Does it depend? It really depends. Like one has exited after two years. I think about five to seven years, I think you've got to expect, yeah, yeah. To, be, to be in it. So it's, you know, very much a long game. So 12 investments. Do so, you want to maybe highlight a few of them yeah, um, so and why you invested in them? Absolutely. So they're quite diversified, um, you know, in terms of different industries as well. So I've got med tech and um, I've got three um, fintech investments. And I guess that comes to my background where I got out of financial um, planning quite frustrated. Um, <laughs> I think at the inefficiencies and, you know, all the sort of costs involved. And I don't really think it's really geared for client success, you know, in the way it should be. And so I just think that, you know, the whole industry is ripe for disruption and for a more efficient way of um, providing advice to clients. So, so that's what excites me about that industry. Customers Um, are demanding it now, aren't they? Yeah, 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 they are. And, you know, and they should be. So, yeah, um, it's funny when um, we, I interviewed the co-founders of Handy and, mm. you know, insure tech business, very like, so in that, in that sphere. And, you know, the Royal Commission has really brought mm. it to light. Clients and customers <coughs> are referring or are comparing their financial advisor mm. yeah. to their delivery service or whatever it may be. Tandy is one of the ones that I have, yeah. have invested in, which is great. But um, um, I also um, have an investment in the vault. I came yep. into that one pretty early. And was that part of their seed round last year uh, or even before 16, that? so they're very oh, first. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they're just an amazing team, yeah. you know, and they're so focused. Um, there is a lot of competition in their space, but they've really got a point of difference, which I picked up quite early on that I think would, you know, would, would get them through. And, you know, they've been going so well. So, yeah, they're just a, a great team. They go from strength to strength, aren't they? <clears throat> Absolutely. Mm. And I love the sustainability of fashion Absolutely. and, you know, that angle as well. So Handy, um, Vault, what, what are a couple of the others? Um, um, what are the fintech ones? Which, which ones are those? Yeah, so there's First Step, um, which started its life as a um, micro-investing app, which was a fantastic platform. Um, I had a few friends using it and it was really easy to use. So that was that's great. So their onboarding process, I think, is what really sets them apart. Um, 
and that's um, I think they've pivoted now. They've um, moved into um, providing that platform um, to um, you know other parts of the financial sector. So yeah, so they're they're going well. Um, yeah, and another another one that um, Perth based that um, is is more of an online um, actually providing financial advice. So so that's going to be interesting, and they're going um, going really well too. What have you learned as part of your angel investing journey? You know that really that raising, you know, getting your idea and raising the funds, you know, a lot of people sort of go, oh, that's great. I can relax and just build my business now. But that's really the very, very start of it. The hardest part, I think, is is actually getting into the market and, and growing that business and managing all the mini disasters that happen along the way. It's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's really usually quite a long, long journey and, um, yeah, just quite fraught with <laughs> with adventures, really. Uh, yeah, and I th- just think it, it's just you know quite a tough journey. Do you take a, an active role in all your investments, or some of them? Yeah. Only if I can add some value. I'm yeah. not going to sort of stick my nose into businesses yeah. if I can't help. Um, so most of them, I would sit back and occasionally they call me if they you know um, want to access someone in my network or you know um, some some ad- advice with budgets or finance or, or something. I can help with. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple there that I'm probably more involved with than, mm. um, than others, but yeah. What are some of the things that you've found difficult or possible mistakes you've made along the way? Yeah, that's an interesting question. There's always something that pops up where you think, gee, I never thought of that or I didn't think that could happen. Um, <laughs> I remember many, many well, I mean, years a lot ago. Of this stuff is uncharted territory. Isn't Absolutely. It? Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no um, blueprint no. To, to work off. And a yeah. lot of things come from left field. Like for mm. one, one instance, this was a long time ago, but um, we invested in um, this great idea that an inventor had come up with. And um, um, suddenly, unfortunately, um, and sadly, he passed away. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, it was very unexpected. Um, <laughs> that's, but that's horrible. I know, it was horrible. Um, but, you know, his um, idea, one of his staff members took the idea, ran off with it and, um, to Europe and pretty much le- left us all just going, what just happened, you know, and, and left us with nothing. So that was, um, yeah, uh, an interesting, uh, you know, definitely lesson. definitely quite and, a field. And yeah, and um, one of the things that I've taken from that is every time I look at a new business, it's like, can this business run without the founder? You yeah. know, um, what are the sort of things? I mean, it's not a good thing to talk, you know, think about, but um, it happens. It yeah, has it happened. Can. Anything, anything can happen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a different lens. Yeah. Great story. Um, oh, this is... This question I love and mm. everyone hates. <laughs> but um, what is your view on valuation and do you have a formula um, or, you know, magic bullet that you can share? You know, there's a number of different methods for, and I, I usually use a couple of those and sort of, you know, have a look at that and use that as a guide. At the end of the day, it's really about what feels fair. Um, you know, at this at this stage you know, quite often there's very little revenue, great growth potential, but, you know, you just don't know where that's going to end up. So really it's about finding that balance between, you know, what what you feel like you're getting the best risk and reward profile and what's fair for the founder. You're not taking too much of their business away, so they're not, um, you know, they're losing incentive. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a mixture of those two things, but I still do get surprised by the amount of founders that pitch to us that have these large valuations and still haven't really proven up, you know, their 
um, customer validation, you know, and their market. So if, you, if you're going to throw, a, a, you know, a decent-sized valuation at us, make sure that you've sort of validated your customer and, you know, market and you've got a good strategy for that. What do you use as your kind of, you know, measure on getting that traction and then linking that to valuation? I do like to see some sales, yeah, and and just some some traction into that market that you're looking you're looking at getting into. Um, that that yeah, that's probably. I think Have you noticed valuations thing. increasing over time, or what? I actually think they're getting coming down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, which I think is is reasonable because you know before we would sort of have to, you know, have quite a good conversation around you know um, rethinking their valuations. So, in early stage investing, you're, no, you're yeah, you're, I am. You're noticing it going down a bit. Yeah. M- maybe not so much in the pre-IPO phase. with yeah. The likes of WeWork. No, <laughs> no, no. But then we're not really at that sort of. No. Because at the end of the day, you, you've got a business to make a profit and to make a return for investors, and some of these valuations. You know, you just wonder whether you'd ever really get your your money back, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy because some of you know these businesses aren't going to keep growing forever. Um, and there's yeah. there's a probably limit to the market size mm. as well. Um, yeah. Is that part of your um, assessment when you think about valuation as well? Well, we certainly do look at um, the, the potential market and um, yeah, what what um, other sort of likely areas you know or, or countries that they can move into and. Mm. Um, yeah, so we certainly do look at yeah the size of the market. What is the right amount to raise? Again, it's really that balance between um, having enough to get you to the next stage and the next hurdle, um, and not giving away too much. Um, so I, I love budgets. I know that you know at this um, stage of of um, companies' growth, it's very they're very flexible, um, is, you know. <laughs> but I think they, they act as a very good guideline to sort of go, okay, we're probably going to need around this to get to this next inflection point, um, and uh, yeah, work towards. towards and do you want to see um, execution on budget budget as well in terms of you know dollar dollar spent equals x outcome? You do you look at that? Is that something that you? Yeah, so kind we of assess when when they're looking at raising money to assess how we cert- relevant it is. To yeah, we certainly want to see what the use of funds is going yeah. to be. Yeah, how are they going to spend that the, those funds, and how how is that going to be used to grow the business? That's probably one one of the other main things we look at. Well, so when you say you're into budgets, like yeah. what what does that actually? What do you mean? Yeah, by Yeah, so okay, so wanting to see um, how they're applying those funds that they're going to raise to to the growth of the business you know, making sure that, um, you know, funds aren't going to sort of repay loans or repay other things that aren't related to growth. And you want to make sure that they've got an execution plan um, in place to, to, you know, make use of those funds. How it links back to valuation, again, it's really just about fairness and, and trying not to give too much you don't want the founder to give away too much of their equity too early um, yep. because otherwise, you know, they, they get left with so little at the end that, you know, they lose incentive to keep to keep going. So what are your thoughts on due diligence? I've got a process and a, a checklist that I go through and I think it's important to stick to that and, and ask the questions. You don't want to get caught out with things, you know, like, um, you know, maybe a co-founder... Um, or someone that was involved in the business early on, you know, left a year ago and has started up a competitive mm-hmm. business. Um, you know, so you've got to kind of ask a lot of those questions. 
Having said that, you also don't want the process to drag on too long. Um, I think you need to make a decision fairly quickly. Nothing is worse than taking someone through, you know, a process for six weeks and then turning around and saying, actually, this is not for me. So I think um, it's just fair to try and, yeah, make a decision as quick as possible. Probably a couple of weeks, I would yeah. um, I would say, is reasonable. Yeah, it's such a hard slog, couple yeah. raising. Um, yeah, it's so time-consuming, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think um, we, I've spoken to a few entrepreneurs that they go, oh, everyone tells you it's time-consuming, but you're not only capital raising, it's so time-consuming, but it's running your business. Yeah, you, you're taking um, time away from the business to do it. So, yeah, you, yeah. you want to make that as, you know, reasonable as possible. So, Tracy, what do you bring to invest a company, the companies that you invest in beyond money? Yeah, so I think um, access to networks is Im an important one. Um, if I'm, if a business is not right for me, I like to at least send them away with um, a couple of contacts that might be good for them. Try and help as much as much as I can. Um, yeah, so so definitely um, networks and um, mentoring in areas that they may not be as you know strong as you know, particularly in the finance and, and government governance sect um, sectors. Yeah. I think we've, we've spoken about this before, but the scale network is incredible and the time that you guys take out to, you know, um, provide that in-kind support and, and, and the networking, creative thinking around networking as well yeah. to entrepreneurs is, um, I've witnessed it firsthand on, on multiple occasions. Mm. It's quite incredible. Yeah, it is a really great group and it's really important for founders to um, put their hand up and say, look, is anyone is there anyone in your network that can help me with this problem or or can you introduce me to that, you know, to, to someone else in in my industry that I'm, I need to talk to because there it is a great network and um, usually we can, we can help in some way. So, yeah, yeah, you've got to ask the questions. Having been a founder yourself, do you think it's imperative to be a founder to be a good angel investor? I, I think it's useful. I think it's good to know that um, what a founder is going through um, and understanding that that sort of that business process. Um, having said that, you know, if you're an industry expert or you're, you know, you um, know a lot about, you know, certain industries, that helps. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it's helpful, but you know, it's not necessary, but um, yeah, yeah, it's good to have. Um, having founded and exited your own business, when was, um, I find that really interesting and wanting to understand more about when did you decide it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah. And how did you find a buyer? Yeah. So I, I was on holiday and, you know, had a little bit more headspace and decided to sit down and, and to really look at my industry, my business and where we were heading. And from an industry level, I felt that, you know, things really needed to change and um, that there was going to be a lot of change in the future. Um, and... And, you know, so it did happen with, you know, the Royal Commission came soon <laughs> later. So, but I also felt that... Great catalyst. Yeah, absolutely. Um, luckily, I had sold before then. Yeah. Um, but... Um, <laughs> buy high, I mean, sell yeah. high, buy low, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. But I also felt that there was a much more, there had to be a much more efficient way of delivering advice um, to clients and, and giving them better service. And I felt that technology had started to come to a point where... Um, we could start utilising technology in a better way to, to do yeah. that. Um, so, you, so when I did sell my business, I, um, you know, invested in a, in a couple of fintechs that I thought, you know, had promise in that regard. Um, 
Uh, it, it was actually fairly easy to find a buyer. Um, there was um, someone else in my network, a, a younger advisor who was looking, yeah, to to, um, to buy a well-established yeah. book. So, um, so that worked well for me. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. It's good. What have you learned about yourself in the past year? Yeah, so I was always one of those people who was going a hundred miles an hour, always busy, and. Um, it's taken me a while, like at least 18 months, you know, after this sale of my business to sort of go, actually, you don't need to be running around so much. It's okay to say no to people. It's okay to not. <laughs> That's a really you important know, lesson to it learn. It absolutely is. And I also find that now I can do tasks and not be rushing and actually get more enjoyment out of them, you know. Yeah. So I think... Um, it doesn't feel like a chore. Absolutely. So mm. slowing down, I would say, but that's easy for me to say because I'm not trying to get a new business off the ground. So <laughs> You've done your hard slow, <laughs> I have, Casey. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's a great lesson. lesson. What do you do before you go to sleep? Mm, I have a pile of books beside my bed and I'm always reading. Um, what, so what's your, what are you reading at the moment? Look, I, I read... Um, yeah, I'm so yeah, I'm trying to think. I've actually probably got three books on the go. Fiction, non-fiction. Yeah, a little bit of both, yep. but um I've just read The Rosie Project. Um I think a, a book called Eleanor Oliphant is not okay. I think that's the title of it. Yeah. And what, and what are they about? They're just fun, you know. Oh, great. Um, yeah, probably a bit so hard to go into it, but they're a bit fun. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I've sort of had a break from more technical books where I'm trying to learn things all the time. I think it's okay to, you know, have fun while reading as well. So I'm have to learn the next, you know, the 90-day transition yeah, or yeah, I'm the four-hour week or whatever. That, yeah, yeah. Read, yeah, yeah, read all those. So, all yeah. those hacks. Yeah. What is your advice to those wanting to become an angel investor? I would say that... Um, Firstly, you should only apply a small percentage of your overall portfolio to the startup sector as it's really risky um, and spread your investments over a large number of companies so that you have a diversified diversified portfolio. So I would say about eight to 12. Um, but joining an angel group is also a great way to start as you can spend some um, time understanding the environment and getting comfortable with it and leveraging off the skills of others in the network. So I think... Um, yeah, um, joining an angel group is a, is a great way to go. It's certainly been um, great for me and um, met a lot of great people and, um, you know, you get access to some um, really good companies to invest in. Mm, and Good pipeline. You know, yeah, absolutely. And being able to leverage off other people's um, skills as well. So I think that that would be a great way to go if I was, you know, starting, starting into it. Thanks for the plug, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time today. Um, really enjoyed learning a bit more about you and your incredible background and um, being a Scale Angel and Perth Angel. Um, thanks so much for your time. No worries. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, Emma. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pitch to Scale podcast and rate and review. I find the investors and entrepreneurs I meet so fascinating and learn so much from each and every one of them. If you want to learn more about angel investing, Scale have their very own online education program. You can enroll to the course called Startup Invested, made possible by LaunchVic via our website, scaleinvestors.com.au. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks to Buffy Gorilla for her amazing production and the Scale team who make it all possible. See you next week.